Good afternoon. This is Juan here with Blue Collar Ministries. It's October 18th. Let's go ahead and jump into the message. So today we're going to divert a little bit from the norm, uh, which is the episodes of, you know, escaping the lukewarm. And we're going to discuss a little bit about the recent events uh, regarding Israel, because as Christians, whenever anything happens in Israel, we should always um, take notice of it, uh, because there's a lot of um, biblical implications regarding Israel, a lot of end-time prophecy um, implications regarding and center around Israel that, you know, we need to be, um, keep an eye on it. And not only that, um, there's a lot of weird information coming out regarding, um, Israel and what stances different people are taking, uh, what stances Christians are taking, you know, there's different groups, uh, stating this and this about, you know, God's covenant saying it's no longer, um, uh, valid, you know, that, uh, the church is the new Israel, uh, I'm basically just saying nonsense. And, you know, so if you're kind of, com- so if you're confused, a lot of people are confused about what stance to take and we don't necessarily have to take a stance, but we need to know, um, exactly what the Bible says, uh, regarding Israel and how we, you know, how we view, you know, the nation of Israel and what end time prophecy says. So we're going to just discuss the anti prophecy, um, how we view the nation of Israel, you know, God's people and the covenant. Uh, we're going to discuss the covenant and, and if is, and if it is still valid or if it's broken. So let's jump into the scripture and see exactly, uh, what, uh, scriptures say about the covenant. So we'll start off with second Timothy two thirteen, and it states, we are faithless. He remains faithful. We, I'm sorry, we are faithless. He remains faithful. He cannot dis, disown himself. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. And let's uh, go to Genesis 26, 5, where it states, And the Lord declared to him, I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations. For an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and thy seed after thee. Notice that right there in uh, Genesis, he says everlasting. He didn't say conditional. He didn't say if his people do this or this or do not do this and this. He said an everlasting covenant. Okay. Okay, let's go uh, to Deuteronomy 7, 7, where it states, The Lord your God has chosen you out of all peoples of the face of this earth to be his people, his treasured possession. You are not going to throw out your treasured possession. And that's what it's stating right here. You know, so why would he, you know, basically, if he's saying how much he loves, he loves his people, is saying that he has an everlasting covenant, you know, why would he just break that um, because of what happened? Okay, um, Genesis 15, 70 through 18. When the sun had set and the darkness had fall, fallen, a smoking firepot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On the day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham and said, To your descendants I give this land from the wadi of Egypt to the great rivers, the Euphrates. hope I said that correctly. I probably didn't, but I try my best. So here right here, you know, it's stating, you know, all the covenant, you know, in three different books of the Bible. Sorry, actually four, and Timothy, uh, Genesis, Deuteronomy, and there was more. I just these are the only ones I'm I'm referencing right now, you know, because it does highlight uh, everlasting, 
Notice that none of these verses, uh, is it conditional? Um, or they're, you know, saying that if you did this and this, you know, the covenant's broken. So yes, you know, the Jews did reject the Messiah. The Orthodox Jews did reject uh, Messiah, but that doesn't mean that there's no longer a covenant um, with God, at least not as we can cite in scripture, you know, so in, you know, we do know that, you know, the word is God and God is the word. So if he deemed it important, he would mention it in scripture. So therefore we can, um, you know, just come to the decision that, you know, if it's not in scripture, then yes, the covenant is still valid as per, as per, you know, all these verses that we just read, because he didn't lay any conditions. He mentioned everlasting, you know, in one of the verses, so regardless if they did reject Messiah, you know, that's that, that covenant is still valid. And there's also, you know, a discussion regarding, um, you know, the nation of Islam and the battle over land, the state that stole their land. But, you know, that land was given to God, you know, thousands of years before this, you know, nation or religion ever existed. So, you know, that's not even valid biblically. Okay, so we, we covered the covenant. Now, how do we... Um, you know, how are we to feel about God's people? You know, how do we act? You know, what do we do? So let me reference Isaiah 40, 40 verses 1 and 2. And this states, states, I comfort, or I'm sorry, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that all her hard service had been completed and that her sin had been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for her sins. Uh, it's reference Romans uh, 2 9. Uh, and this right here it states, Paul tells us to have heard what is evil and to hold fast to what is good. So what he's basically stating here, you know, is to, uh, to love love what God loves and to hate what God hates. Okay, now let's go ahead and discuss uh, Bible prophecy and how it does uh, revolve, revolve around Israel and Jerusalem. Uh, so let me start off by, uh, let's see, let's get into Ezekiel 36, uh, verses 21, 22. And this here states, But I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations to come, among the nations to which they came. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine holy for my holy namesake, which ye yet profane among the heathen, whether ye went. So right here he's stating, uh, the Lord's stating that he's going to you know restore Israel for His namesake, not necessarily for the people, but nonetheless he is going to restore uh, restore them. Okay, and another thing, uh, just showing uh, how faithful uh, Jesus does stay to His covenant and to the people. And his love for his people during the Holocaust and all the other things um, that happened uh, with them throughout throughout the you know the times they did scatter, um, especially among the Holocaust. But in the years, uh, and I believe it was 1948 through 1951, they had the biggest mass migration of Jewish people during the um, going to modern Israel. And God did remain faithful, and he, and he did, you know, keep his promises, and he returned the people back to their land. So that's um, just right there, just showing, you know, that his love and promises are unconditional. Now let's go ahead and move along to Romans 11. 
This here states, Now if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? And Paul's stating here, he's basically saying, imagine the blessings for the world once Israel finally accepts Jesus as the Messiah. And also in Romans 11, uh, he kind of um, just goes over this again, uh, re- refers to the prof- uh, prophetic event where the Jews will upset, ah, man, I'm tongue-tied, will accept the Messiah as a whole, and God will establish uh, the millennial kingdom. And that is the event, you know, where restoring Israel can be compared to uh, giving a life to the dead, and Israel's acceptance will be like life from the dead. That is, uh, you know, like the first resurrection. That's what it's compared to. Um, what Paul's talking about in Romans, that's eleven fifteen, And in Acts 3, 19 to, uh, verses, sorry, Acts 3, verses 19 to, 19 to 20, He states, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from your presence, from the presence of the Lord. And he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. So he's here uh, talking, he's talking to Israel, saying once they have repented and accepted Jesus as a Messiah, then again, Will he send Jesus, the appointed Messiah, back down on you know for the second coming? So that just goes to say that we we know we should pray for the uh, the Jews and Israel, for they you know according to you know some of these key strict scriptures um, are you know some uh, a key to you know the second coming, making it. I mean, and that also goes to say it's not a surprise where there's been a nonstop attack on on Jesus' people, you know, on the Jews throughout time, because. When the Jews do eventually come and is uh, prophesied, they eventually will accept Jesus as a, as a Messiah. That will also mark the end um, of Satan's rule here on earth. Okay, so let's go ahead and, um, and that again was Acts 3 verses 19 through 20. Okay, so let's move along to Revelation 5, 5. And right here it states, Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Also there, dating back to the, not dating, but also mentioning the roots of David, which is Jewish roots, you know, from, you know, Israel, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And this is in Revelations. So for the people who are saying that this is an Old Testament thing or an old covenant that's no longer valid, this is in the future that in Revelation that they're stating that this is happening and they're still referencing, you know, the root of David. Okay. And also Revelation twenty two sixteen, where it states, I, Jesus, have sent the angel to give you the, this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. And that one also, as you can see right there, again, speaking of the roots, the root of David. Okay. So there, those were some uh, uh, prophetic end time verses that also go back uh, into discussing, you know, the roots of Israel, the the roots of the Jews. Now we'll go ahead and talk to, we'll go ahead and, uh, I'm going to go ahead and mention some indicators, some end time indicators, since we're already in end time prophecy, might as well throw some indicators. And uh, we can find those in Matthew 24. I'm only going to list a couple 
Uh, you can reference that. There's there's plenty of them there. Um, but here in uh, Matthew 24, it states about false prophets. Uh, false prophets. Many will come and say, "I am the Christ." I'm not sure. Uh, I can't really say anyone um, come on and say that, but there are a lot of um, false prophets that are saying, you know, obviously stuff that's not of the scripture. So that I can't say we're there yet on that one, but we are at this next one where there's wars and rumors of wars. And I mean, if you don't see that, you know, can just you can just turn on the news. There's the uh, there's the Ukraine issue, Russia. Now we have um, Iran, Israel, Palestine, Hamas, all that, all that mess that's going on over there, and definitely can lead to something big, maybe another world war, or also could just mean more rumors of war, famines, pestilences. Uh, that should definitely make you think about twenty twenty uh, with the pestilence part. Famines also have been there. Um, many other countries, not necessarily in the United States, but other countries are dealing with that and have been dealing with that for many years. Earthquakes, that also has been um, increasing. If you want to check, I can't remember the site to be honest, but there are there's a site you can check and there's basically been an unprecedented amount of earthquakes that have been happening in the last couple of months, I would say, if not definitely in the year. And there have been some floods. There's a very weird flood uh, that happened in uh, New York that happened um, not too long ago. And uh, another indicator, uh, lawlessness. Uh, since 2020, that's pretty much been running rampant in the States. Other countries have probably already been seeing that. But in a whole, I mean, you can turn on the news and you're just seeing it everywhere. And UK is dealing with that migration issue i'm sorry immigration issue that they're just um letting everyone in and there's a bunch of lawlessness and in the states same thing there's areas where they're not you're not even being arrested for crimes uh, you can steal um something under like a thousand dollars and you're not even being arrested so we're seeing just nonsense like that happen throughout the nations um, nations will hate you for my namesake was another indicator in Matthew. You're definitely seeing that. There's definitely a onslaught of hate uh, towards a Christian religion by these alphabet movements that have been popping up since around 2020, a little bit before that. And a majority of the hate is directed at Christianity. Shocker, shocker. All the other religions not really saying a thing. And the funny part is that some of these other religions have a more uh, violent um, approach and more um, uh, violent way of seeing these things than Christianity, where we do love people. Maybe we may, may, may not accept the, uh, accept the behavior, but you know we do love everyone. Um, another indicator, many will be offended and betray one another. Definitely seeing that the last couple of years have been, seem like the years of everyone being offended for everything. Everything's offensive, everything's racist. It's basically just uh, complete, uh, been complete chaos in the last couple of years. And those are indicators. Like I said, there's more, and that's Matthew 20, uh, 24. Um, but I was just going to list those, uh, highlight some of those, because there's some things that we're already seeing um, in the last couple of years. Um, so with that, I'm going to go ahead and close out. And I would, uh, the last point I'd like to make 
that, you know, we like to question the idea of why, why is God waiting so long to come back? Why is he letting, why is he letting this happen and whatnot? All these bad things are happening. Why is he letting this go on? Well, to be completely honest, God is being patient for our sake, not for his sake, for our sake. And the question will be, well, why, why? Because there's a lot of people that are not saved. There's a lot of people barely waking up to what's going on. There's a lot more word to be preached to others. And as Christians, we need to be opening up our eyes. We need to be more aggressive, have a more sense of urgency uh, when trying to, when being disciples, you know, of the Lord, we need to just keep ministering that, ministering the word to anyone we can and have a sense of urgency with it. Because I would honestly say, you know, that given, you know, all these indicators, uh, given the things we've seen in the last couple of years, you know, we don't know how much time we have, you know, a couple months, maybe a couple of years, you know, decade, who knows. But the point is, regardless of time, we're still called to minister the word of God. So think about that. Uh, you know, when you're seeing anyone, encounter anyone, rather they're looking for help or not, you know, minister, minister the word. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and close out. Um, I'll probably uh, try to get the next lukewarm episode in the next week or so. But with that, um, hope all of you have a great remainder of the week. Y'all be blessed. Y'all be encouraged. Be bold.